0: This is a HeadGum Podcast.
1: Uh, Let's talk about this book.
0: Okay, here's two things I need. Okay. One. What? Improve the mood. You
1: improve your mood. Stop projecting. Two. Two, That's one from you. I want you to stop
0: projecting. Let's get out there and have some fun.
1: Okay, fine.
0: (laughs) Ready? Yes. In 86 NM. (laughs) wrote the first book of oh. what
1: became Now it's time club, club. Let's get out there and have
0: some fun. That's what I said right before That's we started. That's what you
1: said right before we started, because you were projecting, weren't you? You were projecting.
0: I wasn't projecting. Because
1: you said you've been in a, a glum-plum stinky face mood for the entire 10 minutes that we've been talking before we started recording. And then as your your last act, you
0: told me to improve my mood. I haven't been in a glum plum mood. I told you about an exciting thing I'm doing in my career. I told you I'm moving. You wouldn't even look me in the eye as you were staring down at your desk. It's a computer. (laughs) What am I supposed to look at? You want to know what I was doing when I was staring down at my desk? What? I was um, doodling in this sketch pad.
1: Oh, oh, that's beautiful. What if you coloring this picture? It's a, of a little chameleon. Oh, cute. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It, well, interesting is the wrong word. Um, what we should do is, uh, well, do you have anything you want to tell me before we introduce the show? Um, I don't think so. I mean, but, but it's possible, I guess, that we're back after a long hiatus where we watched a bunch of babysitters for oh. like TV shows. Yeah, episodes.
0: so in in our time, yeah. In our timeline, it's Thursday, it's the Thursday evening before the Babysitter's Club Netflix TV show launched. <laughs> yeah. And there is a divergent timeline, yeah, that is possibly going to happen wherein Jack and I watch the first episode of the TV show tomorrow and record an episode about it tomorrow night and release it next Monday. And that is what you heard. And then for the following 10 to 12 weeks, however many episodes there are...
1: There's more of that.
0: You heard us talk about an episode of the Netflix series each week. That's possible. And now we're back to talk about the Friends Forever books. But to us, it's before. But to us, it's before, yeah. That's possible. And the... Anything could have changed over the course of the next 12 weeks.
1: As Keane says.
0: Or we didn't do that because
1: we're lazy. Yeah, or we didn't do that because we're lazy. In which case, you're just like, oh, okay. Why aren't they doing the show? (laughs)
0: Laziness. (laughs) It took until like two nights ago for Jack to text me and be like, we should do the show, right? (laughs) I was like, I guess.
1: We're so fucking stupid. Like, I, like, here's one thing that was going on in my mind, and I guess this is, like, a, a like, I don't know how relevant this conversation is going to be because I, I don't know if we're going to pull it off, pausing Friends Forever and doing the show. I'll only know 10 weeks from now when I hear this back. Yeah. But, like, a thing that was going on in my mind where people were like, oh, are you excited for the show? And I was like, eh, I'm kind of jealous because it's like they're doing it without us. <laughs> and then it's like oh wait no we are we can do it <laughs> what if it sucks it's it looks great it does look great it looks great well but but now remember presumably people have heard us talk about it for like we're like ah right old experts on it now okay so listeners. what do we
0: so it i'm i'm so glad it didn't oh okay oh oh oh, oh man oh i know what's happening It yes. oops all
1: segments It oops all segments
0: yeah Lakeland Sorry, I had something Sorry
1: I had something in my
0: throat, Michaela. I think we still do Deep Voice Boys for for Michaela. (laughs) I don't know why. Uh, uh, What is it,
1: Michaela? I, I noticed you didn't sing our national anthem when you addressed me.
0: Uh, That's actually why I wanted your attention. I wanted to lead us in the National Anthem now because it is the distant future. In fact, it's 10 to 12 weeks in the future. Yes. Yes. When the world has turned into a utopian society because Anna Martin got together with Netflix. Yeah. Did a show about the Babysitter's Club. The Babysitter's Club Club podcast did a series of episodes about it. And now we live in a utopian society. Right. And in this utopian society, um, the national anthem is "Seal's Kiss from a Rose." Yes. So, um, why don't you lead us all in the?
1: Uh, yep. Yeah, I'm just gonna pull up most solemn national anthem.
0: The lyrics here in Latin, obviously no, I know. <laughs> in English, but I will want to sing them in the original Latin.
1: Yeah, they're originally in Latin. A lot of people don't know that because obviously all traces of the society that existed before us have been erased except, of course, for the Great Babysitter's Club Club podcast which is the only relevant cultural artifact and and a sign of the greatness of the culture that came before in the before times. Well, and Kiss from Rose. And Kiss from Rose.
0: They- there used to be a graying tower Alone on the sea You became the light On the dark side of me Love remained a drug That's the high and not the pill. But did you know that when it snows My eyes become a large And the light that you shine Can be seen the baby!
1: Is the lyric um, "I compare you to a
0: kiss from a rose, Alan Gray"? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I sang, right? Did yeah. I miss sing it? No, I think I sang that. A Baby, I compare you I to hope a kiss so. on the from a rose, Alan Gray. Yeah, but yeah, cause that's, it's really not, and it's relevant to the text this week, isn't it?
1: It is relevant. It's very relevant
0: to the text. But oh, sorry, and I'm Lakeland. And I'm uh, I'm
1: Lakeland. I think. I'm Caleb. Yeah. And, yeah, it's relevant to the text. We're going to be playing you one of the classics this week, guys. It's uh, one of the great episodes of the uh, Babysitter's Club Club podcast, which is, of course, the only piece of media that uh, we are legally allowed to even discuss. Outside of Seal's Kiss from a Rose. uh, This one everyone will be familiar with. It's one of the most sacred texts of all. It's the time when uh, the guys uh, discuss Babysitter's Club Friends Forever number seven. Claudia gets her guy.
0: Yep, and it was recorded eons ago. Before the show even ever came out on Netflix. Yeah, and it, that's what's so amazing Yeah, about it.
1: They recorded this before the show ever even came out on Netflix. Can you even imagine to to such a time, those
0: heady days?
1: I cannot, and in fact it is heresy to, to try to right. imagine. and I won't, and
0: I shan't be. I don't even I like to say the, the name of the date.
1: And I'm realizing that this will be a great for people who like didn't know about the Babysitter's Club Club podcast... Which is amazing to even imagine that that might be the case, but just people who've been like living underground. Because of the cataclysm? Because of the cataclysm, but got into it because of the Netflix show. This is like a perfect like, reintroduction. Oh, right, right, right.
0: So what you're saying is there's a lot of people out there somehow who hadn't heard of the Babysitter's Club Club podcast. Right. This is the first time they're listening to it because they thought, oh, these guys are talking about the show. This is like a good yeah. time to get in. Well, they've listened to 10 episodes about the show, and now they're like, now what's the rest of the oh, show? Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so it turns out that when it's back to the main canon series, they roleplay as two women named Michaela and Lakeland who live in the future, <clears throat> have, have aggressively deep voices, <laughs> and sing Seal's Kiss from a Rose.
1: Yeah, that's what it would be like if we were role playing. But of course, we are two women from the future, and now we're going to kick it over to the introduction to the show. I think I, if I remember correctly, Tanner says hi, hi this time in this one. Um, and they switch it around. I don't remember.
0: Well, let's take a listen.
1: All right let's kick Let's kick you back to the show. Of course, we are deep in the future, and now it, it's this is a thing from the past that you're hearing. <laughs>
0: Hi, hi hi. Hi hi. Hi, hi and welcome to Yeah, it's better if you say it's it. It's better if I say it, right? Yeah. Let yeah, it be declared it? here and now. Yeah. That mm-hmm. it's better when I say it. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I can do the rest even. Hi hi and welcome to the babysitter's club club. Club, we say it together. That's great. A podcast in which we talk about the show. Mhm. And I'm Jack Shepherd. Uh I'm Tanner Greenring.
1: And the show, by the show, what Tanner means is the books, and by the books, what yes. he means is the Friends Forever I forgot Forever that we series. weren't still role-playing as Lake and the
0: Gale
1: It could be a little confusing. Um, what we like to do is talk about the Friends Forever books by the great Anne Matthews Martin. I am, of course, talking about the hand that shakes, the princess of the Prince of Town, Saint Annabelle Matthews Martin. She is Stormborn. She is... The Soul Skinner. She is the mother of clocks, and she is also, of course, the bane to bats. Bats fly around and squeak in fear when they see her. She is the first of her name. She's the last of her kind, and she is the last hope for humankind. And this week, we're going to be discussing a little novel called Babysitters Club. Friends Forever, number seven. Claudia gets her guy, and she sure does, doesn't she? Mm. Get her guy, doesn't she? Gets she gets a guy. She gets her guy. She gets a guy. <laughs> <laughs> She certainly gets a guy. She certainly gets a guy. She, she casts her, her great fishing rod out into the ocean. It's the old Claudia in the sea. And she, there's a bite. And she fights with it against the storm day and night. And just as she finally thinks she's worn out, finally she reels it in. And it is not what she thought it was going to be, is it? It's
0: not what she wanted, but it's no. what she needed right now. That's what
1: she needed right now. It's what we needed right it's now. It's what we needed right now. I thought we it was loved great. I was one. telling
0: Jack before we started the show tonight that when I finished the book this afternoon, um, I turned to my wife, who was busy caring for our child, and said, you will not believe the way this book ended, and she could not have been less interested, but when I told her the <laughs> twist ending, she was as shocked as I was, and as, <laughs> as you were, it sounds like, Jack.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to give the twist ending away in my description of this novel. Oh, okay. Um, So that's a good segue. We don't want to
0: delay the...
1: What? You have nothing left to say. Okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe this novel, and then I'll have you describe this novel. I've got a big, bad clock. I'm going to put 60 seconds on it. Do you want to respond to me? You've gone silent. You've gone completely silent, and I feel compelled to, to fill dead air. Oh, you want me to... Okay, (laughs) he gestured to the microphone. So what you want me to do is describe this novel, and I'm going to give it away. Okay. All right. I am going to describe what happens in this novel, and I'm going to begin... Oh, and you're going to mute yourself. I'm going to begin now. Belittled and ignored his whole life. Trampled beneath the careless feet of his oblivious peers. Alan Gray is less than nothing in the eyes of the world. He is a pest. A nuisance. A pariah. In fact, Alan Gray is so utterly invisible to the fancy people and the social climbers and the hangers-on that no one notices the spark, the shine in his eye that shouldn't be there, the tiny ember of passion, of talent of sheer determination that is about to catch fire and engulf them all as the once hapless Alan Gray rises like a phoenix from the flames and claims the most glorious prize of all. Babysitter's Club. Friends Forever. Number seven. Claudius. Gratification, and that's what delayed gratification sounds like.
0: I was thinking as I was waiting for you to do your description. Should I come back and say gratification? But then I was worried, like Alan Gray. Yeah. But then I was worried that it might be like greatification.
1: Gratification, which is when you take someone's name and make it sound even greater, as in uh, Jack Shepard would become Black Leopard. Obviously, uh, no. Yeah, that's the problem. It's a, it's too. It sounds too similar. I think you did it right. Yeah. That's fine. Let's talk about this book. Claudia. Guys, Claudia gets her guy and it's Alan Gray.
0: Claudia gets her guy. It's Alan Gray of all people. It's a it's a wacky comedy of errors that leads to Claudia seducing Alan Gray. But it turns out that they're uh, a perfect match. perfect match a la Emma. And she didn't see it, but it was there under her nose all along. And it turns out that she and Alan Gray are lovers.
1: And they're lovers and, and it's it's a, it's a passion that
0: She yearned for his body. Knows no bounds. She yearned for and his she body yearned for his body and at the yeah. at the Kill Cupid dance or whatever it was called. Yeah. She was dancing with Jeremy, but she yearned for Alan Gray's body. Yeah. Is that true? She year, she longed for it. She longed for it. She says he is cute. He is cute. Well and Samantha What's her face thinks that too. Uh, let's talk about Stephanie Boxer. Stephanie
1: Boxer. <laughs> Stephanie Boxer is a character that Ellen Miles has introduced. She's a seventh grader. <laughs> and she's in lust for Alan. <laughs> and I really like her. She really
0: yearns for his body.
1: She really yearns for his body. Is she in seventh grade?
0: I think so. She it, Oh, yes. It said yeah, like, yeah. She's
1: just a great bloke. Yeah. yeah. So here's a passage. Suddenly, I felt someone bump into me. Hard. I turned to see Stephanie Boxer, a girl I knew slightly from when I'd been sent back to seventh grade. Hi, Steph, I said. Ha! She said fiercely. I love her energy. Don't play innocent with me and stay away from Alan Gray. I've had a crush on him for a long time. He doesn't realize he likes me too, but it's only a matter of time, so hands off. She didn't even wait for a reply. She just stormed off down the hall. That's <laughs> very good. Like, Can I read one more Stephanie Boxer passage? Yes, please. This is also Stephanie Boxer energy. She's my, she is skyrocketed to being my number one favorite babysitter's club character
0: of all time. <laughs> That's bold.
1: Here, well, listen to this. This is at the dance, at the Cupid's Arrow dance. I felt someone bump into me from behind and turned around. Stephanie Boxer was glaring at me. She was wearing a flouncy white dress dripping with lace. She looked just a teeny bit like a bride. <laughs> I can't believe you're leading him on like this. She hissed. How could you let him think you actually like him? I do like him, I said, putting my hands on my hips. And why is it your business? Because I love him, she said, narrowing her eyes. And I don't want to see him get hurt. So fucking Stephanie Boxer showed up to the fucking dance in a fucking wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> and she do- I think she does manage to get a dance with Alan, does she? It's it's on the cards. I'm not sure if it happens in the text, but it's like it's implied that it might happen. Alan's
0: true love, though, is Claudia, and it turns out that Claudia's true love is Alan.
1: And it's been prepared for, right? Remember when Claudia did that like lonely hearts thing? Oh
0: yeah, where she was like, and a she was trying to get a columnist, date yeah.
1: for herself, and Alan kept on Pranking trying her. to be the date. So it's been there. Ellen Miles knows her shit.
0: She knows that she
1: saw that spark. Years ago,
0: your description was great. Can I say this? Yeah, your description was you. great, but it did I love Lack it. a few details. Oh, yes. And should you describe and maybe it? Maybe I should describe it because I feel like there's some stuff we're missing.
1: That's great. Here's what I'm going to do I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to hand you during this those... week
0: Soap Segments.
1: Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. 90 seconds. This book was a 120. No, that's 120 minutes is matt pinfield that's an mtv show
0: that's what i meant and you matt pinfield you had a two hour it. long tv show
1: yeah and it was fucking like every second was precious <laughs> <laughs> i love i love matt pinfield's mtv show he uh, the the other they reference an mtv show in this we danced to three songs in a row alan had a good sense of rhythm i was surprised he seemed comfortable on the dance floor how did you learn to dance like that? I yelled over the music. Watching MTV, he yelled back. I just copy whatever they do. Matt Pinfield's
0: 120 minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, <what>? Headbangers Ball. <laughs> um, it's uh, the Grind. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He watches the fucking Grind. Was the Grind like Fly Girls, sort of? Kind of. Yeah. The Grind. Uh, th- you know, this is this is dating me so much that like, there's a large portion of our audience is like, I what the fuck is MTV? But. One of the shows on MTV was The Grind, and that was, like, I watched, like, any good teen in the early 90s. I sat in my basement and watched MTV basically all the time, every day. Yeah. That's all I did. And I, like, had a a fucking VHS tape, like, in the recorder in case, like, a video came on that seemed cool. And I would hit record on it so that I, like, could collect my favorite videos. That's cool.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. You know what I bet exists on YouTube, which is probably would probably be very um nostalgic for us. What people have probably uploaded their old VHS tapes of themselves recording MTV. Oh yeah,
1: I should. I'll do mine. It's it was fucking good. But um, the one time I would turn off MTV is when the grind would come on. Okay, A little too. Because that was uh,
0: just like little too charged for you got you a little too worked up no (laughs) there's just it's just like people dancing a little young jack shepherd got a little too worked up
1: turned off the grind
0: and went and took a cold shower i feel like you're not (laughs) hearing me i'm saying that i was bored by it Mm -hmm. no mom (laughs) i'm not watching it it's boring
1: this was like actual programming on a channel that was just like people dancing to not even mute, like just like a DJ playing pop songs. It's not good. But the Alan Gray watched it, and that's how he learned to dance. Got you
0: a little too worked up, huh? Okay,
1: all right, that's enough. I mean, now I'm gonna put 90 seconds on this. What do you want? You can have as long as you want. You just tell me. I'm going It has to be. It has to be time delimited. 90. 90. It's all. I'm indeed. gonna put 90 seconds on this big bad clock, and you're gonna describe everything that happens in this fucking
0: amazing novel. Are you ready? Yes. I'm gonna begin now. Claudia gets news from Marianne that Stacy and Jeremy the fame wolf fame wolf have broken up and she gets starts to get hopeful about it. She sees Jeremy the next day in school, but he is sort of dodging her a little bit um, and she begins to worry that he isn't interested in her even still after breaking up with Stacy. Um, so she decides to take the initiative and write him a love letter and put it in his locker that says, will you go to the Kill Cupid dance with me? And turns out she puts it in the wrong locker. She puts it in Alan Gray's locker. Alan gets it. He's very moved. He shows his sensitive side. He admits his, his, um, love for Claudia and asks her to go to the Cupid dance. She says yes because she's charmed by him. This infuriates the Fame Wolf and he wants nothing to do with Claudia. Um meanwhile, Claudia is also working with um some Japanese immigrants who are learning English and she needs to teach them the basics of English and she's like taking them to the Met and teaching them how to say banana and things like that. Banana minions. And then, um, she goes to the dance with Alan Gray and she actually discovers that she really likes Alan Gray. And then her and Jeremy have a conversation and they decide that they are not in love. They're just friends. And
1: time. I'm not in love. Uh, is what they say to each other. And Jeremy sucks. Jeremy does suck. Um, I'd like at this moment to uh, introduce a brand new segment. Okay. And it soups all segments, so w- it, that includes all uh, segments. past segments, which m- makes sense to people. But it also includes all future and present segments, yep. and this is uh, a little bit about. Okay. And it's called. <laughs> Let's probably have a fight. Who? You and me. Okay. You ready? Yep. Yeah. Round one. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do Mortal Kombat for it. <laughs> and it's, I we initially titled it, Let's Have a Fight. But then I was like, I don't know what you're going to think about this.
0: I'm going to fight you on it. It's debate club, right? It's called. Let's probably have a fight. I'm going to fight you. On if it. You, agree me, you agree with me, regardless. Nope. I'm going to take the the opposite stance of whatever you say.
1: Okay. Stipulated. Stacy behaved. This is not the fight. This is just stipulated. We both agree on this. Yeah. Stacy behaved badly around the whole thing with Jeremy.
0: Mm. We we have already had a fight about this. I'm not yeah. willing to d- to wade into these trenches again. Yeah. But, fine. Yeah. Here's
1: what I think. I think that Claudia fucked up this week. Okay. And I'm deeply annoyed with her around the fact that she didn't check with Stacy before she decided to invite Jeremy to the
0: dance. It's fucked up. This is an extension of your stance from last week, which is that you thought it was fucked up that Stacy didn't talk to Claudia before she started dating Jeremy, knowing that, Claudia liked Jeremy, right? So this is the inverse of that. This is the
1: inverse of that, and I'm being a I'm being an upstanding citizen where I'm I'm whole, even though I'm annoyed with Stacy and I think she's the real aggressor in this. I think that for Claudia to maintain the moral high ground, like they had started to make things up, it's Stacy doesn't for what it's worth. Stacy doesn't seem to be that mad about it, but it's pretty weird that that Stacy's like like the book opens with Claudia finding out that uh stacy broke up with the fame wolf yeah jeremy rudolph and then like the next the next act by claudia is without even so much as a buyer leave being like oh i'm gonna immediately fucking ask out stacy's like as of a day ago ex-boyfriend that's fucked up
0: yeah i think it's i think you're you're i'm 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 sorry if what it sounded like I was saying was that you're taking the inverse opinion from last week. I think you're staying steadfast in your stance that one shouldn't yeah. lust after the boyfriend or ex boyfriend of one's best friend.
1: Uh, yes, and if you're going to, the only thing that makes sense is to like a put your friendship first, and like maybe tamp down those feelings. You're in fucking eighth All grade. All right, it's well, not, I got good it news for you. Matter. Or be like, fucking have a, co- a, a grown-up conversation about it before you, like, go around asking anything.
0: I got out. good news for you, Jack. I'm willing to fight you on this. You're dumb idiot, and love conquers okay. all. And what if this was the rust to Claudia's peaches? Okay. And what you're doing is denying true love. Well, we know it's not because... We know now, they're... but you have to explore that.
1: <laughs> I don't think, here's here's what I, I'm going to say that you're claiming. The claim that you're making is that you have to explore every possible relationship because it might be that you're the rust of Claudia's peaches. Yep. So it's just like anytime you see someone, it's like, well, let's give it a whirl. Yep. Because it might be. Yep. That's your claim. I okay. think
0: 99.9% of the time, you're not going to make it past hello. Yeah. Uh, or at least I haven't. Um, <laughs> do, you,
1: do you often approach people <laughs> to see if they might be the rust to claudius
0: peaches? i always approach them and say exactly that i say hello i anticipate that you will be the rust to my peaches should we explore this further yeah <laughs> would you like to come back to my place to explore this further and most pe most people are like not I'm interested. already the
1: rust of someone else's peaches, or like I'm a rust without a peaches, but you're definitely not the peaches. Right? It's a common response. Or Blight, a lot of people are like, "I'm get. the peaches, I'm the peaches." <laughs> yeah. Where's my rust?
0: Okay. You know, but
1: sometimes everyone's in a blue moon. Someone, I, I assume, Jamie. Yeah. It's like
0: I am the rust of your peaches. Yeah. And I think it's important for you to to cast a wide net. If you are have okay. you not found the rust of your peaches yet? So that's my
1: counterpoint. And if I prevented that a- approach from happening in the world, we wouldn't have Miles here today. Yeah. Is that your argument?
0: Yeah. yeah. And so what you've done is you've called for the the eradication of my firstborn son, heir to my kingdom.
1: Yeah, through through time paradoxes, not, not
0: anything more sinister, but yes. I think it's just as sinister <laughs> in a lot of ways. So that's my counterpoint. God, yeah. I would I, okay. I would have killed in debate in high school. I'm, why didn't I take yeah. it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> this ended with you denying true love and calling for the death of my son. Mm-hmm. And the judges Through would be like Through a time paradox. Through a time paradox. Unimportant yeah. how. The judges would be like, yeah. "Uh, point green ring
1: okay well that's
0: round one of let's probably have a fight we'll revisit this definitely fruitful segment i think it's technically round two but it's it's the first one was kind of a proto let's have a fight yeah no the the first
1: one was like you know how boxers like when they weigh in oh and they get in each other's faces yeah
0: i'm gonna knock you out yeah yeah or sometimes they do like a little kiss yeah have you seen that um yeah it's like even more intimidating in a lot of ways because it's like what the fuck this guy doesn't care, he's kissing me.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. Maybe he's the rest of my peaches. Um <laughs> It's worth exploring, is my point. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth worth exploring. It's always worth exploring. I was
0: wrong. Tanner was right. Um do we wanna do another modern segment? Um, we could. I could throw back to a classic, or we could do a modern. I don't know. well
1: why don't you I, I I did one so you can do one why don't you throw back
0: okay Laura? well while we're talking about the the fame wolf yeah uh, I want to bring up a segment called my <gasps> Burn. 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 I got really close to the mics because I can't yell. Who's the boy?
1: Yeah, I did too and I did yell, so hopefully hopefully, I didn't blow out the mic. I also wasn't able to see where my levels were because I closed my eyes for it. <laughs> um, I love it when we do a burn early. Yeah. Can I tell you that? Because it feels like we're freed to
0: just like do whatever do we whatever want on the right? show. You can go buck wild. Yeah. Claudia has stuck the envelope in Alan Gray's locker, but she th- believes it to be Jeremy Rudolph's locker.
1: Did this remind you of Tess of the Durbervilles? Tess of the
0: Derbavilles.
1: Yeah. Who's Tess? Tess is, well, she's of the Derbavilles, but she's just like a milkmaid.
0: Okay. So, stay, stay, uh, see, Claudia sticks the envelope in Alan Gray's locker. She believes it to be- Much as Tess
1: sticks a letter under the door- in Tess of the Derbervilles by Thomas Hardy and if he had read the letter it would have changed the outcome of the book but in fact it accidentally goes under the doormat and he never sees it
0: that's not what happened here so no it doesn't remind me of Tess of the Durbervilles well she
1: puts that letter in the wrong locker if she oh okay Mr. Rust of My Peaches if she had put that letter in Jeremy's locker it might have changed everything but
0: in Tess of the Durberville but in Tess it's as though Alan Gray didn't notice the letter because it got like lost in his whoopee cushions or whatever yeah well yes exactly that didn't happen alan did find the letter forget claudius puts the letter in alan's locker she believes it to be jeremy's she's anxious and watching jeremy um approach the locker to to see the letter and she wants to see his reaction oh my lord i said my face felt hot my back was still turned to him i just couldn't stand to watch Rudolph dials his combination, Christy went on. Christy's like sports announcing it. Rudolph dials his combination, Christy went on. He dials to the left, to the right, to the left again, and yes, the locker is open. Now what's he doing, I asked. Did he see the note? Erica shook her head. I don't think so, not yet. Rudolph rummages around, pulling out books and... Ew, an old sneaker. Folks, the sneaker must be from the Paleolithic era. I can just about smell it from here, <laughs> is what Christy said. And the burn is on Jeremy, Jeremy Rudolph. Rudolph, and apparently the fame wolf stinks bad. Yeah, he smells bad because he's got his wolf
1: feet in those fucking sneakers. I think he stinks bad, but I era. also
0: think it's part of his um allure. I think he's probably it's putting like, out pheromones. a lot of pheromones. Yeah. yeah. And this is like Alex Jones stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's good and it's bad. Yeah. He's very alluring. I fucking hate Jeremy. I really despise Jeremy. It's interesting. And and I said annoyed. it's Alex
0: Jones stuff, and your reaction to that was it's good and it's bad. Is that your opinion on Alex Jones? <laughs> that's No, that's not my opinion on Alex Jones. <laughs> what? Thank you for asking me to clarify that, because
1: I do want people to know that. <laughs> that that's not my opinion on Alex Jones. <laughs> I have a much more complicated and nuanced <laughs> opinion on Alex Jones. And favorable. Like <laughs> I'm into the lizard people stuff but a lot Gate-toads, of the other stuff love I find it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was my burn too yeah good burn that was my burn too it's the only burn of the book Ellen Miles did this one she did a great job it's wonderful it's a fucking wonderful book and it reminded me how much I loved Ellen Miles oh, she's uh, just so good well
0: if we're if we're sitting here creaming ourselves over Ellen Miles can I
1: okay. do another well, segment
0: do you... sure do you want to rephrase that no
1: okay <laughs> yes then yes we can't do another
0: segment uh i don't know i don't remember how we do it because it's been a while since we've had the soup sauce segments um it's okay. it's called smiles for miles okay and it's the moment in the book that ellen miles made me smiles okay that's good yeah okay i like that do you is this this is an existing segment right i'm not making this up
1: um you you know it's difficult to say we've done literally over 200 episodes of this fucking show
0: smiles for miles frowns for downs smiles for miles frowns for downs that's what it's called yes so you're gonna have to come up with the frowns for downs i've got one okay so my smiles for miles is this yeah claudia and alan are on like a lunch date Mm -hmm. he sneaks her into a romantic classroom where he's set up like a little picnic i walked inside wondering what he was up to i saw a flash of red in the far corner of the room i looked closer and saw that two desks had been pushed together to make a table a table covered with a red tablecloth and set with silverware nice china and fancy glasses in the middle of the table was a silver candlestick with a red candle in it lunch Madame," alan said gesturing <laughs> toward the table i didn't know what to say alan i have a seat he pulled out a chair for He lit the candle, then he went to the counter at the back of the classroom and returned with a bottle of Sprite. Champagne, (laughs) he said. I giggled. Sure, why not? I held up my glass. Alan filled it, then sat down and poured some soda into his own glass. To the Cupid's arrow dance. Oh, that's what it's called. He said. We clinked our glasses and drank. Ah, this was an excellent year for Sprite. (laughs) It's so good.
1: It's so good. Alan Gray is just like back in full effect. Like he went through, he went through a period where he was like, "This is the thing that happens to Natalie Springer in the Little Sister books." Like he just got reduced to his core elements, where it was just like when he would show up in the hands of a not a lesser ghostwriter,
0: but a ghostwriter interested in a other lazier of things. Ghost, ghost writer. He would show
1: sh- when he would show up. It would just be like Alan Gray did a bad prank, or he was an asshole. Yeah. But like the the richness of Alan Gray is really brought out in this novel by Ellen Miles. There's so much. He's to a him.
0: complex character, and he he changes alignments book to book. Like some char- yeah. some ghostwriters treat him as chaotic evil. Like he's he's mean. chaotic
1: good in this book. Yeah.
0: Sometimes totally. he's like chaotic good. Sometimes he's just like lawful evil. But like it's it's fun to see like this Alan Gray. Fun.
1: Yeah. He has like. He has a very funny moment when he like uh he calls up the babysitters club meeting because that's when he knows that he can reach Claudia. Yeah. That's this where he's like he calls up and and Claudia answers and she's like, Who is this? And he's like, Uh me diaper service. And Claudia's like, Alan, what the fuck? And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to do that. It's like I just like Abbott. literally can't <laughs> fucking help it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Alan's great, but I so I did a smiles for miles, and now I've I was promised a frowns for downs. Here's my frowns for downs. Ready? Yeah. And this is in the um, subplot where
1: uh, Claudia. That is like completely unrelated to the a plot. Just they, they didn't even they try. Just need the, Normally, they there's need like some count. thematic resemblance. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like.
0: No, there's nothing. I can't think of it. We'll have to,
1: maybe after the break we can figure out what the thematic resemblance is. I think, is. I think the does thematic, by can, I,
0: can I pitch you on a very quick thematic? R- r- yeah. So Claudia had a thing where she, at one point, was convinced that she was adopted. Right. And I think this, and that echoes what's happening with Erica Blumberg, who's trying to figure out who, who her, her adopted parents are, because she knows she's adopted. She knows
1: who her adopted parents are. And I think Claudia interacting. She's trying to figure out who her birth parents are.
0: It, that is accurate, yes. <laughs> I think Claudia interacting with these Japanese immigrants is is meant to sort of like call upon and echo Erica's struggle with trying to find her identity. Sure, but what does it have
1: to do with the Alan Gray And plot? I think it's it, setting it's up like, a future... It's learning something about yourself. I think it's setting
0: up a future Erica okay. subplot.
1: I'll allow it, but so this my Frowns for downs is from this uh, from this B plot, and it, it the passage goes as follows. Miss Buckley, who had told me to call her Mary, had already met several times with the Yashimotos, so she had handled the introductions when they arrived in the classroom. This is Mister Yashimoto," she said, gesturing towards a handsome man in a gray suit. He nodded to me, sort of a little bow. And I nodded back. Tanner,
0: Ellen Miles has brought back the gray man. Oh, the gray man is back. <laughs> Chills. Chills. I thought you were going to say it was David Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the gray man from the mysteries. It's the gray man. And that's He's what back. Ellen it's Miles It's all segments said. for Ellen, too.
1: Yeah, and I thought that it, we thought that he had been vanquished in the mysteries and and vanquished to a different universe, to an alternate universe. But the frown for downs is that the Gray Man is
0: back and he's gonna wreak havoc on Stony Brook. The exactly. He's back and he's he's got a new face on. Yeah.
1: And it's, it looks like Mr. Yashimoto. He's handsome.
0: Yes, and he wears a gray suit, and that's his signature. And that's how you know it's Graumann. It's the gray. It's Graumann. So that's pretty interesting, isn't it? That is interesting. Wow.
1: Um, I wonder if we should take a break. Okay. Okay. Um, Tanner, we're back. Yes. Hello. And I would like, if I may, to introduce segment. Uh, okay. And it's, if you'll remember, it's soups All segments that goes uh, so sorry, infinitely sorry. forwards and backwards, which is a pretty interesting segue into this particular segment because it is a segment that is about time and also about timelessness and yes, about great. being trapped in time and being trapped outside of time. And it is a segment that is called Track and Jack. How do we say it? Track and Jackie. Uh, I don't know if we ever did nail
0: yeah. an intro for it. I think you just say. Track and Jackie. We have to go back, Kate. But I think it's just like Track and Jackie. We have to go back.
1: So, for folks who need a refresher, what happens uh, to Jackie Radowski, who is a character we haven't really talked about much in a long time, is he's a a little boy who has uh, uh, a—I don't want to call it a disorder—but there's something that is different about him, and uh, what that thing is, that he often will um, blip out of time. I wouldn't say it's in a disorder. I would say it's like a anomaly. It's an anomaly where he will sometimes... Uh, what appears to the citizens of Stony Brook is that he has had an accident. What yes. in fact has happened is that he was going about his daily business and then suddenly blipped out of time into a, one of an infinity of alternate universes and lived an yes. entire life and death and then painfully blipped back into our reality, which caused him to trip or stumble or have some kind of an accident.
0: Right. And just in case you are new to the show for any reason, I don't know why you would be. Um, because again, it is the day before the Netflix show comes out.
1: For us. And Yes.
0: Yeah. And it's the timelines are infinite and and, yeah. and anything is possible. But if you're new to the show for some reason, I believe in our mythology... Jackie Rudowski is everyone, and everyone is Jackie Rudowski, and he's right. living out all possible timelines and, okay. and all possible lives, and all 8.2 billion people on Earth are Jackie Rudowski. I had forgotten that. And everyone who's ever lived in history and everyone who ever will live in history is Jackie Rudowski. Okay, Radowski.
1: Well, well, given that, this is a pretty special one. Okay. And it's it's amazing that this is what Ellen gave us. It's just incredible that Ellen gave us this lifetime of all the infinity of lifetimes that Jackie has to live. I'll read the passage, please. Ah, peace at last. With a huge sigh of relief, I flung myself down on the couch. It was nearly 10, and I had finally, finally managed to tuck all three Radowski boys into their beds. With any luck, the rest of my Saturday night would be quiet and relaxing. Blip. Blip, okay, It's at this moment that Jackie Rudowski, who is just a boy sleeping in his bed, blips out of time. It's Jackie Rudowski. The year is 2050.
0: Close. 30 years from
1: now. Well, from now, but from these books, it's more like 50 years.
0: Let's say it's... Right, right, right.
1: Let's say it's 2070. The year is 2070.
0: 50 years from now, so 70 years from the books.
1: Yeah. Okay. Jackie Rudowski is in the same bed. What? Why would that be the case?
0: Oh, sorry. What? Why would that be the case? Thank you.
1: It's... The same Jackie Radowski, but it's the future. This is the timeline. What? <laughs> Thank you.
0: I'm not quite sure where you want me to react.
1: <laughs> just react normally and naturally. Okay.
0: You're leaving lots of pregnant pauses. And it's
1: Well, I'm trying to create a you know. No, I know, but it's it I know, it but then like you did ruining. the thing
0: where it's like you expected a reaction from me and I didn't give you one and now it's like
1: Okay. Okay, I'll well, do my best. Just be normal. <laughs> just try to be natural. Okay. I'm gonna be heightened. This is Jackie Radowski, the Stony Brook Jackie Radowski from this universe, but it's the future. He's okay, that's good. He's lived his entire life. His wife, his beloved wife Jenny Prezioso, is by his side.
0: Normative.
1: And all of his eleven children are also there.
0: So many children (laughs) are the cat.
1: Is that okay to say? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but his time has come. Oh, okay. He's about to breathe his last. Okay. He's lived a full life and he's lived he's lived for the first time in the many existences a happy life. It's full of joy, it is
0: full of love. Sounds like a full life too. Yes, and it's a full life. He's made it to his deathbed. He's made it to sweet his deathbed release and he's
1: surrounded by people who love him and Jenny Prezioso is typically in tears and being a little bit overly histrionic and kind of making it about her but that's fine. He's okay with it. He it's it's endearing to him. It's, it's what endearing. he loves about her. It's what he loves about her and he would have it no other way.
0: Cuz to him she is his world.
1: She is his world. Exactly. And also these He
0: are, makes it all about her too. Yeah. So these 11 that's children they have in common.
1: As well, are important.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and I guess all the babysitters are, are are long gone.
0: Um, they have recorded holograms. Okay, and the holograms of the babysitters on here. crystals. That's and right. They are, they're they're, they're there, there, kind of in hologram form. Yeah, like Obi Wan. Yep.
1: Yep. Um, and their
0: their consciousness has been uploaded in the holograms. Into crystals, and he can
1: finally he can finally tell them what he wants to tell them, which is basically some version of how much he loves them.
0: Okay. And let's hear those now. All and seven.
1: He turns in his bed towards the holograms and Jenny and the 11 children and... Flip! Thump! Crash! I glanced toward the ceiling. The noises had come from upstairs. Not a good sign. I held my breath and crossed my fingers. Claudia! Jackie's voice. Big surprise. I rolled off the couch and stood up. Coming, I called, trying to sound cheerful and patient like the professional babysitter I am. I ran up the stairs. Jackie, who's seven, was walking down the hall toward me. That was the good news. He could still walk. The bad news? He was rubbing his elbow. What is it? I asked. I fell out of bed. Jackie answered, sniffing a little. His red hair was tousled, his freckles stood out against the pale skin, and he looked unbelievably cute in his black and white plaid flannel PJs. I think I broke my funny bone.
0: (laughs) So Jackie's torment continues. (laughs) Yeah. Just when he was about to be released, just when he was about to finally... Pass to the great beyond and become one with the universe.
1: He's back in himself. He
0: blips back into his own body at 10.
1: Well, it's the ultimate cruelty, too, because think about this. What Ellen and whatever cruel god is in charge of this, I guess Ellen, has decided is that what Jackie's actual life, like the Jackie of Stony Brook's life is, is he lives from 10 to 80 and then blips back to 10 and does it again.
0: Yeah, he just has to keep doing it, and this whole time he's blipping and and living so he's and dying in a out. loop, and like a-
1: in the loop is infinite Ugh. loops coming out of that loop. It's so fucked up. These books are so fucked up.
0: Do we think Ellen is the Melkor of the Ghostwriters? writers the, me, like, what me, are they called? The IR?
1: No, I'm not. I'm I'm not following you. So <laughs> it felt like I I. Re- the way that you said that made me really want to come along with you and be like, yeah, oh, that's so interesting, but I just have no... Is it Green Lantern? Let me...
0: Uh, God, you're going to be so embarrassed when you when you remember who Melkor is. I'm just trying to remember what they're called. I think the I-R? What is he?
1: What is it? That's what Cyril says.
0: What is he? Anor. Okay, that's fine. Melkor is the uh, Anor? Who was created by Eru Iluvatar, Iluvatar, uh, who rebelled against Eru Iluvatar and became the Darkness in the Song of Creation, and manifested himself on Middle Earth as oh, a number of creatures, Marillion including stuff. Morgoth okay. and uh, okay. All right, I am Sauron, yeah, and I think that. Ellen Miles may be the Melkor of the of the baby ghost writer. Okay,
1: that makes sense. Everyone's focused on the fucking entity as being a scary yeah. evil one, but no, yeah. no. Ellen uh, Miles is like people forget about Sauron, but when he 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 was like originally like everybody liked him. He Sauron, was like, yeah, he was like a ne- super cool charming. He's like I got all these rings for everyone. Yeah, so that's what Ellen Miles is. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with that, and I'm sorry that I'm fucking forgot some some pretty pretty deep Silmarillion stuff.
0: Yeah, it's okay. it's okay. Maybe it's time for a reread. Yeah, I guess it is. Um, can I just say one more thing
1: about Jackie Rudowski because it's been weighing on me? It's been weighing on you? It's been weighing on me, and I've been too afraid to say it. Are you saying weighing on me? I'm, <laughs> why would I say that? I don't know. You said it. <laughs> I didn't. I said, said it's been, it's been weighing on me? Okay, well why would you assume that that rather than that you didn't quite hear what I said? I did hear what you said. You said (laughs) it's been weighing on me. I didn't say that. I said it's been weighing on me. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Like Damon Weighings, Damon Wang. (laughs) Listen, I just need to say this real quick. It's been I haven't been able to say it since the fucking I think it's in like the second book. Jackie Rudowski keeps coming up until this moment. Jackie Rudowski comes up in these books over and over, but they only mention him as like it's just like in passing. It's like, oh, I have to go over to the Rudowski's. Oh, he never has any he never he has, has any He doesn't accidents. have an accident or a moment. It's just like but so I found that really interesting. That like why is that happening? Why are they not dwelling on the accidents even a little bit? And the first introduction of Jackie Radowski is in, I think, in, is in Friends Forever number two. And it's this quote. After school, I went directly home, had a snack, and got to my homework. I needed to get it done because I had a sitting job that evening. It was for some of our regular clients, the Radowskis. Those kids are so active that I knew from past experience there was no way I could do homework there. And then so they set that up, and then nothing happens. That night, Mr. and Mrs. Radowski were home by 930, as they promised. And Mr. Radowski drove me home. I checked my watch the moment I got in.
0: It was nine
1: thirty eight, Tanner.
0: Okay, nine thirty eight. Is that Nathan Silver's website? <laughs> it's not even Nathan. It's Nate.
1: No, it's Matthew. Matthew nine thirty eight ah, right. from the What's Bible. Nathan
0: Silver's website called five thirty eight because that's
1: that's how many electoral college things there are. Right, Matthew nine thirty eight. Ask the Lord of the Harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field.
0: The Lord of the Harvest? Jackie Rudowski is the Lord of the Harvest. That also sounds like some in your shit. Doesn't it? Yeah.
1: Or he's being harvested in some way. I just thought that was fucking powerful. This, like, timeless being. He's harvesting lifetimes. No, exactly. He's the Lord of the Harvest. That's what it is, right? He's reaping in lifetimes.
0: Yeah, and mo- he is all lives, and that's what. And all lives
1: are him. We've been sent to is nine thirty eight, which says that ask the Lord of the Harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. It's and he is the Lord of the Harvest because he's harvesting a, an infinity of infinite lives, and he's
0: asking for more lifetimes. <sighs> he's not asking for them, but he's he's being given more lifetimes. Yeah. That's powerful. I
1: just thought that's really powerful. That is powerful. And these books, we've got the Fame Wolf, we've got the Lord of the Harvest. It's just like, it's all coming crashing down. And and the Gray Man <sighs> is back, apparently. So, wow. And the
0: Gray Man is back. So, all of Stony Brook's most notorious villains are back. Yeah. Plus some and, new ones. And some new ones.
1: Interesting novel this week, Tanner. Uh, oh, do you want me to read you a poem, I guess? Yeah, Please. Okay, I'd like to read you a poem. I haven't read you a poem in a w- little while, and it's this. And it's, it's a from segment. And it's from Mysteries. Yeah, okay. Ready?
0: Yep. Ah! 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 It's just on
1: this door. Like your Xbox and stuff? I wonder what's behind that door. Must be an Xbox, I'd avow. And not a naughty dungeon or a playroom that's more ow than wow. Whatever it be of this, I'm sure that Alan Gray Gray will will see you now. And it's our hit segment from the mysteries where we talk about what Alan Gray is up to this week. And we have already talked about it a lot, but this book's about how Claudia and Alan Gray are dating now, everybody. Folks, we couldn't possibly dwell on it enough to do justice to how wild it is that Claudia and Alan Gray are dating. But we're gonna we're gonna dwell on it some more, I guess. I just want to yes. talk more about it. Yes. Um here's my Alan Gray question. Okay. As I entered the cafeteria, I scanned the tables for Jeremy. When I saw him across the room, I felt a little jolt in my stomach. He was sitting with a bunch of guys, guys I've known for years. Pete Black was there, and Alan Gray, the most obnoxious boy in our school, maybe in our universe. And Trevor Sanborn, an old boyfriend of mine, very cute. Carrie Retlin, who has lived in Stony Brook for only a while, was there too. Carrie's very mischievous and always has a few tricks up his sleeve. And my question is just, does Alan Gray roll with these cats? Oh, interesting. Because it's never... Like, those are the coolest dudes at fucking SMS. No fucking question. Carrie, that's a murderous row. Carrie, Trevor fucking Sanborn, and Pete Black. Like, those are fucking
0: the coolest dudes. Later on at the dance... Yeah. Alan asks Claudia if she wants a Bev. And Mm -hmm. she says yes. And he goes to the table and gets a Bev. And she watches her man walk away. Mm -hmm. Loves to watch him walk away. Hell yeah. Um... He's cute. That's what butt. she said.
1: Because of this butt. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> as he's walking away, she notes that he has trouble getting to the bev table because he's like shooting the shit with everyone. Yeah. And she's like, in a weird way, Alan is an ob- obnoxious dwee, but like very funny, and everyone loves him, and he's yeah. actually pretty popular. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe it. I believe that he's. He's hanging with these cool cats. He rolls with fucking Carrie Retlin and
1: Pete Black and Trevor fucking Sambo. Carrie,
0: Carrie's like a dear friend of his. Like, Carrie's concerned this entire book about the, Claudia. She doesn't, like he doesn't want Claudia him. to hurt him.
1: And yeah. he's like super genuine about it.
0: Yeah. Which is unlike Carrie. God, Carrie's so fucking cool. Carrie's cool as hell. Can I read you my. Yeah, please. Oh, and great moment. Mm hmm. Claudia drops this note off in his locker before she realizes that he's seen it and ingested it. Yeah, She's it's a reference to Test of Durvilles by Thomas Hardy. Do with the information. <laughs> Turns out Alan Gray is the school announcement person. Uh, yeah. Which is weird. I didn't know. That's, little, that's deep lore. Mm hmm. That's Ellen. Yeah. Just then, one of the loudspeakers crackled with static. Someone was about to make an announcement. I saw Christie's face turn white, and I know mine was probably even paler than hers. He wouldn't, I began. He might, Christie said grimly. I stood there, paralyzed. Was Alan Gray about to read my note to the whole school? Attention, SMS students! Here's an announcement that we missed during homeroom, said a male voice. I held my breath. There will be a daffodil sale at the cafeteria between 11 and 1. Be sure to buy a bunch for your special someone, the voice continued. I let my breath out and exchanged a relieved look with Christy. And one more thing, said the voice. I gulped. Think spring. With that, the loudspeaker clicked off. I sank down so that I was sitting in the hallway, leaning against the lockers. I can't take this, I told Christy, who had joined me on the floor. What do you think he'll do with the note? He's capable of anything, said Christy darkly. He might copy it a hundred times and spread it all over the school. Or he might post it on his website. Or, stop, I cried. Forget I asked. And Jack, I am (laughs) intensely curious. Yeah. What Alan Gray's website looks like. Yeah. And aren't you? Yes. And what could it possibly be? And what does he post there? Is it GeoCities? What is it? Two thousand?
1: Yeah, 99, is Tumblr around yet? No, fuck no, dude. Get your okay. get your history straight. Tumblr's not going to exist for five years, six years. Okay,
0: I think Since it's probably it's, like GeoCities. Maybe it's LiveJournal. Oh, it's probably it could be LiveJournal. It could be Blogger. It could just be a website. I'm I'm loading up AlanGray.com right now. He may now. have hand coded his own HTML website with like frames it's got one of those like um it's got like six little uh smiley faces holding up little signs and Hell each yeah. sign has a number on it and it's like visitors to this website <laughs> you know and it's that's like fucking dope 11,212 visitors to this website some under construction gifts yeah just in some of the like deeper pages yeah. Where he's like, my philosophy on life. And he's like... I think that's the thing. The great sensei Bruce Lee. <laughs> you know, that's Alan Gray.
1: That's good. Yeah. Right? That's cool. I just did go to Uh Yeah, what do you got? It's um, It's a guy... So it's a guy with a big gray suit. Okay. Is it the... Well, it scrolls through. So it's got, like... It's actually pretty nice. It's got this, like, flash banner...
0: Probably not flash. That's been deprecated.
1: Well, it's cool, but where it lands, where it ends. Are you spelling Gray with an E or an A? With an A. That's how you spell Alan Gray's name. Okay. So it's got this guy with a big gray suit. So you go to the. Are you on the site? Yeah. So what I need you to do is. I haven't seen a man with a gray suit. So go. So you see how there are little bubbles for
0: each uh scroll of the banner. Okay, and I found the gray suit. Go man, to the final and one. He's um enormous.
1: It so it's the gray man. Well, it says
0: it says due diligence.
1: And it says due diligence out of nowhere. And
0: there's an enormous gray man who's bigger than any city. He's bigger he's than all of the buildings and bigger than an airplane. Bigger than an airplane, he's higher than an airplane flies, and fly. Yeah. airplanes fly very high. And he's looking down on the city, and he's even higher than the clouds. The clouds are like kind of in his way,
1: and they're like getting like one some tiny clouds. He's like brushing them aside with his hand, and he's looking through a magnoscope
0: at the at a magnoscope. magnifying glass, a magnifying glass, oh, a magnoscope. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> a word I made up. <laughs> you like you're inhabiting some like steampunk universe.
0: <laughs> hey, we call it a magnoscope. Uh. <laughs> he's, he's looking through a magnifying glass at yeah. the city. Yeah, and this is and it says due diligence, due diligence. Yeah, and that does click through. And let's see what it clicks through to. Oh, okay. Wait, waiting for Alan Gray It says it's uh, it's okay. We get a little bit more. Of oh, we the, get more of the man. We see more of the dikarau the yeah. Grosser Graumann.
1: Grauman. The Grosser Graumann. And it, g- we see his eyes now, and he's really studying. It looks like, you know what it looks like? It looks like he's looking at the magnifying glass, not at what's behind it, not at what's in front of it, <laughs> but at the magnifying kind of glass of itself. He's studying the
0: rim of the yeah. magnifying glass.
1: <laughs> so yeah. that's interesting,
0: and that's a pretty interesting metaphor,
1: right? The Gray okay, Man. And there's I'm
0: seeing a link at the very top that says about Alan Gray, and I'm clicking it, and it says about Alan Gray. Okay, Let's that's learn. great. Let's learn. Alan Gray was established in 1988. Is that accurate? Probably not. Right. A, that works. That fits with the thing, right? I mean, Alan Gray's first yeah. appears in in 86. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, and as a claims and audit advisory firm, now that doesn't mean anything to me. That's nothing. And over the years, has built a reputation as being well. Okay, let's let's check these off. Yeah. The Alan Gray we know, Do how many of these things apply to him. Yeah. Cost effective. Check. Reliable. Totally check. Trusted resource to those involved in the management of risk. I would say yes. Yeah. That's it. That's the list. That's it. So that's, that's it Tricola.
1: Okay, well, that's pretty interesting. So Alan Gray's website is awesome.
0: There's a careers page here, and I wonder if they're hiring. Yeah. Well, they're based in New York. Okay. They are hiring. Okay. Senior accountant. I'm not qualified for that. Litigation management specialist, not qualified. Construction defect specialist.
1: Yes, that's the one. Right? Could for probably you?
0: Probably do that,
1: right? Construction defect. Um, we are looking for a strong construction... De- so you're strong, right? I am strong, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> Let's just say that you're a construction defects specialist, so you are strong, which makes you a strong construction defects specialist, right? For a temporary assignment, you'll be responsible for a complex caseload. Does that sound okay to you? Honestly, no. Okay. Where de- determining coverage, composing disclaimers, you can do that. I didn't even understand what those words meant together. Just making it, you just disclaimer, like, hey, oh, yeah. I, I'm not very good at this. Like, I <laughs> disclaim you just like before you enter any
0: time where you're going to determine coverage i um i'm here to determine coverage but i'm going to warn you now I'm, i will disappoint you I'm very bad at this yeah that's that was really good okay. and
1: reservations of right of rights letters will be required you must have in-depth knowledge of
0: risk transfer and apportionment okay do you have that i have a a, a pretty deep knowledge of risk avoidance okay i think that's yeah
1: risk transfer is when you like you take a risk that you were going to do and make someone else do it, I think. Make someone else do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And apportionment, okay. I imagine, is the same thing because these things tend to be redundant. And the ability, and then it's in, this is in quotes. Okay, so it's sarcastic. Yeah, the ability to think outside the box. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I can, can do, that do that sarcastically. That? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, to create results in company's best financial interests, reporting to upper management will, will be required while setting proper reserves on cases. I think Next. I'm Alan Gray
0: material, to be honest.
1: Okay, well we'll we'll send in our application and we will uh,
0: report back. And on then that. I would get an alangray.com email address. Ooh, <laughs> so fucking awesome! <laughs> They've also fucked up. I'm seeing here on the contact list underneath. Yeah, the Boston offices is on eighty eight Broad Street Boston. New York offices is on twenty nine Broadway in New York. Philadelphia office is on two Kings Highway, Haddonfield, New Jersey. It's like <laughs> swinging a miss, buds. Sounds yeah. like it's a Haddonfield, <laughs> New Jersey office.
1: You're like you're like thirty miles <laughs> outside of your target <laughs> area for that one, folks. Um Tanner, we are gonna have to leave and go. I would like to read you one very brief passage before we do. May I do that? Yes. So, all of this may help explain why I didn't mind missing the party that night. How much fun would it have been to watch Stacy and Jeremy having a blast together all evening? Sitting for the Rodowski sounded like a much better time. For that matter, sitting on a beehive sounded like a better time, okay. and the girls are bees, and no one ever and believes us. Are bees. Do they? And and Anne and <laughs> Ellen. <laughs>
0: Look at us. Look at me. I'm the captain, and they're the bees. What have we done here? Yeah, <laughs> they're all bees, and now it's confirmed. <laughs> and that and the honey is on your hands. Yeah, and now wash your hands because it's got a honey all over them. And we're all sticky and sweet and yeah, but we're intoxicated angry. on these, and we're and we're
1: flying into a rage, and we're full of pollen. and everyone's bees and why won't you just fucking admit it and we've taken so much shit for this we are constantly belittled and demeaned for this opinion yeah but it's not an opinion it's the damn truth and it's in the books and just for anyone who cares to look and they're bees
0: wow jack yeah I think we should go.
1: Okay, what note. I'd like to do is leave and also go.
0: <coughs>
1: First, I would like to thank you, Tanner, for bearing it. <coughs> Excuse me?
0: But did you know that when it snows, my eyes become a large and the light that you shine can be seen? Baby, I confer you to a kiss from the rose. Great. Oh, and Lakeland, what a treat it was. That was a a, a great one, wasn't it? To that archived episode from 10, 12 weeks ago with you. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy that we unearthed this sacred text. Yeah. Such a treat to hear from our lords and saviors, Jack and Tanner of the Babysitters Club Club. Yes. Um, I do think it is time for us to put away the scripture for this week. Though. Yes.
1: And, and think about it more because it's really the only thing. And
0: meditate happens. on it and, and on, um, yeah. flagellate ourselves. Yes, yes. and yes. I will. And I have been through Cat 09 tales. Yes.
1: That would be great. Yes. Um, anyone who um, listens to our broadcast, which is the only broadcast and it's mandatory, so that's everyone. Um, yeah knows to subscribe to the babysitters club patreon at bscc podcast well we call it tithing tithing and so do pay tithes to the babysitters club patreon at patreon.com slash bscc
0: podcast 10% of your income each week
1: yes 10% of your income which for everyone is is five dollars in this society and um and obviously the uniform that everyone has to wear without being in defiance of the state uh, it, it's available at bit.ly
0: slash bsccmerch. Yep, if you need to freshen up your supply, you're, you can go to bit.ly slash bsccmerch to, to get some new shirts or stickers or totes.
1: And there's only one group, and everyone's in it, and it's the Baby Nation Facebook group on Facebook. And so I do see you all there, and we kind of check up on each other to make sure we're not transgressing. In yeah, any and area. we're watching you. And we're watching you, and they're the watching The state you. is watching you, yep. And the state is watching you. Um, Should we say the uh, the litany uh, before we leave, Tanner? I mean, (laughs) Michaela?
0: I am going to enter a state of quiet contemplation. Okay. And think about this week's scripture, but I would love you to do it. Okay, great. This week I have been Lakeland. My name is Michaela. Okay, now enter into the state of...
1: Quiet Contemplation, I would like to say that obviously we meditated upon the uh, great episode wherein Jack and Tanner, our lords and saviors, did discuss the novel Babysitter's Club Friends Forever. Number seven, Claudia Gets Her Guy. And next week, obviously, we will be revisiting um, the even better, if it's possible to even think about it, but but more majestic and more powerful and more wonderful episode where they discuss the novel Babysitter's Club Friends Forever number eight Marianne's Revenge. Yes. And now I will say the litany. And remember if you don't do this
0: you will be executed. Yeah. Yeah. You will be executed and your soul will be flayed. Yeah. It's going to be like Logan's Run.
1: Yep. Round off the corners in your bedroom round off the corners in your bed. Okay, bedroom.
0: and I'm and now I'm wondering if maybe I did an you created some kind of heresy here. And
1: it's a hell and it's bedroom and that's I was saying bedroom and if you knew. And
0: you said bedroom and that's heresy and that's the dark forces of this universe. Well, it is mm-hmm. all bread. The simmering forces of chaotic bread. And I did say bread. Room. That pulse beneath the surface of everything.
1: I will flagellate myself an extra 100 times this night.
0: Yes. Good. Round yeah. off the corners in your bedroom. In our universe, if yeah. you want to travel faster than light, you need to enter the bread warp. Yeah. But you can be sort of like corrupted by the forces of bread while you're in there. If you're Yes. Terrible. Yeah. And, and welcome to all the
1: new listeners who are here because of the, uh, the uh, Netflix because show. Of the show. Yeah. yeah. Round off the corners in your bedroom. Drown all your dolls. Call your senator and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaneys, remember the Trip Man, take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia is wearing a bronco, and the way she talks, you would think that boy had just been. <laughs> Okay, I've hit play again, and the numbers are going up. Me too. Ready? One. Yes. Two. Two. Okay.
0: (laughs) I got too excited, and I said your number. (laughs) You know who else does that? Josh Fjallstad. Really? (laughs) He does it all the time. Well, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense for him to do it,
1: because I'm the director. You know? Yeah. But you're the director of experience Share. Yeah. So it's he should. I do the counting.
0: You do the counting. But he'll occasionally say my numbers. That's funny. <laughs> weird. That was a Headgum podcast.